A younger Episcopal priest who had really struggled with the preaching classes in seminary was about to deliver his first sermon at a large parish. He was going to be the assistant there. And so he met with the rector a few days before and said, "Ah, I'm really nervous about this sermon. I'm just not sure. Any advice? And the rector said, well, when delivering a sermon, it's very important that you say something very provocative at the beginning to capture the congregation's attention. For example, some of the best years of my life were spent in the arms of a woman other than my wife. And the rector was delighted looking at the shocked expression of the younger priest. And he added, she was my mother. (laughs) So, the Sunday comes, the young priest gets into the pulpit, he's sort of nervously holding on to it, he looks down at his wife and children, and then looks over to the rector who just nods reassuringly. Uh, Some of the best years of my life were spent in the arms of a woman other than my wife. And he was immediately pleased at the reaction of the congregation. Everyone leaned in. But then he panicked. Um, uh, But for the life of me, I can't remember who she was. (laughs) Today's lesson from 1 Kings 19 tells of a time in the prophet Elijah's life that he probably would prefer not to remember. Now the prophet Elijah was no pushover. In the previous chapter, verse 18, he defeated 400. Say it, 400. He defeated 400 screaming, bleeding prophets of the false god Baal in a spiritual combat where God answered Elijah's prayer, burning the offerings on the altar with fire. And Elijah was not afraid to speak truth to power. He went right up to the king of Israel, King Ahab, and said, You're corrupt. A lot of our country's problems are because of you, and you have deviated from the ways of the Lord. Elijah was, if you will, a spiritual Navy SEAL. His preaching would punch you in the gut. His Bible study would kick your spiritual, you fill in the blank. He was a man of God with saintly, superhero-like swagger. But not today. Not in 1 Kings 19. You see, King Ahab, after being confronted by Elijah, whines. He whines to his cunning and powerful wife, Queen Jezebel. How many of you have ever heard a man whine to his significant other? I won't ask you who you heard that from or under what circumstances. But King Ahab complains to his wife and Queen Jezebel immediately orders a 24-hour death sentence on Elijah. And this is no idle threat. The queen is already responsible for the death of many of the Lord's servants. So picture in your minds, in the best of the action film tradition, assassins 
leaving the royal palace in search of this one prophet of God. And what does Elijah do? Does he confront the assassins with kung fu? Does he call down blazing fire on the king and queen? Well, not exactly. The Bible tells us in 1 Kings 19.3 what Elijah does. Then he was afraid. He got up and fled for his life. Elijah runs. He runs until he can only walk. Finally, he gets himself under the shade of a tree. He slumps down. What is his emotional state right now? How is he feeling? Good? Bad. He is suicidal. He's suicidal. He looks around this vast desert wasteland around him, and he mutters a prayer, if you want to call it a prayer. And this is what he says. Remember, he's been running all day for his life. It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life. For I am no better than my ancestors. Can you relate to the prophet Elijah at all? Have you ever been in a period of despair? Now perhaps there was not a death sentence on your life. But it may have felt like, with all the people and all the pressures in your life, it felt like death by a thousand cuts. And maybe you weren't running for your life, but maybe it felt like your life was running away from you. People that you thought you could count on could not be counted upon. And you were left in a vast desert, a wasteland of loneliness. And maybe you felt like Elijah. Elijah felt, this is it. It was all over. If you've ever been in a spiritual or emotional place like this, raise your hand. It's awful. It's just awful, isn't it? And Elijah's prayer is pitiful. It's a plea to die. But the Lord hears Elijah's prayer as a plea for help. And the Lord sends an angel, and an angel brings Elijah food and drink, food and water. And this angel of the Lord appears and tells Elijah these words. Get up and eat, otherwise the journey will be too much for you. And so Elijah gets up. And he ate and drank, and then went in the strength of that food, 40 days, 40 nights, to Horeb. The Mount of God. And in this holy place, God converses with Elijah. And in one of the most famous, one of the most famous passages of the Old Testament, Elijah, who's been hiding out in this cave, he's been in this cave on the top of this mountain, fearing for his life, he is directed to come out of the cave and wait on the mountaintop, For the Lord, for God, to pass by. Now there was a great wind. So strong it was splitting the mountain and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord. Question. Was the Lord in the wind? And then there was, after the earthquake, 
after the wind, an earthquake. Was the Lord in the earthquake? And after the earthquake, a fire. Was the Lord in the fire? The Lord's presence, the Lord's appearance is made known. And the sound of sheer silence. And after this encounter with God, the Lord directs Elijah back the very direction that he was running from. He says, go back that direction. And so Elijah goes down the mountain to continue his life and his mission. Okay, that's a lot of intensity, so we'll just turn the intensity down just a little bit for a brief moment of humor. And maybe a very brief moment, we'll see. So in California, this restaurant is out of business, but there was a restaurant in Carmel, California called the Karma Cafe. And their slogan was, the Karma Cafe. We don't have a menu, we just give you what you deserve. Oh, come on. <laughs> Alright, alright, how about this one then? Uh, you've heard the little joke about the Buddhist who goes to the hot dog vendor, right? And the hot dog vendor says, what would you like? And the Buddhist says, one with everything. Alright, I'm just going to give up now. But, thankfully, thankfully and tragically, life does not always give you and me what we deserve. When life is hard, cry out to God. Your prayer may be pitiful. You may feel like your prayer is insincere. Cry out to God anyway. Just pray. And then be on the lookout for the Lord's angels. Be on the lookout for the Lord's angels. Now, the word angel in the Bible can be translated messenger. Messenger. Turn to someone next to you and say, messenger. So yes, absolutely, supernatural, celestial angels. Okay, yes. But those messengers of the Lord may appear in other ways. An angel might be a stranger at the grocery store who does nothing more than say a few kind words to you. A sign to keep carrying on. An angel might be a glimmer on the window or on the wall. Just some sunlight. A sign to keep carrying on. An angel might be an animal friend. Glad to see you. A sign to keep carrying on. An angel might be pictured at that store at the mall. Oh, never mind. It's a secret anyway. Some of you, some of you, some of you got it. Now, when you find yourself in a desert of despair, and some of you have, and you will probably again, eat, drink, sustain yourself physically and spiritually. You will often not feel like it. Do it anyway. The Eucharist is soul food to help you carry on in those desert times. Now, worshiping weekly is always important for a disciple of Jesus. 
But when life is hard, when life is rough, when it's been cruel, when you're in pain, the beauty of this space can become a holy mountain for you. We're in sheer silence and supported by this spiritual family. You can be comforted, encouraged, and eventually, eventually, because unfortunately desert time is often slow going time, but eventually restored and given new direction. Now, here's a little warning. Take heed. The Jezebels of the world are not going anywhere anytime soon, are they? The Jezebels and her assassins, those things that want to cramp your style and mess up your life. So whether you are a spiritual Navy SEAL like the prophet Elijah, or just an ordinary person trying to do your best in life, expect periods of desert and difficulty. Expect them. Don't obsess about them coming, but when they come, oh, this is not surprising. Now I'm going to say that again, and I want the children and some of the younger people here to particularly hear me. In life, expect desert times, difficult times. They will come. It's part of life. And this is for all of us. But then, even more, expect God's sustaining care. Expect God's sustaining care. Because even in the desert of your despair, God's love, like an unexpected rain, can bloom bright flowers of hope. Amen.